The views and opinions expressed on the Chris David Show are solely those of the guests. Any claims and representations made in the program are the sole responsibility of the guests. Opinions expressed during the show are educational and informational in nature. These views and opinions expressed do not represent those of the Chris David Show, its hosts, or any network or platform on which the show is featured. Terry Upshur is not only in the business of helping his clients buy and sell homes, he also uses his platform to provide assistance and resources. Let's give a warm Chris David Show welcome to Mr. Terry Upshur. Welcome, Terry. I'm um, glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm truly excited to be here. I know we haven't seen each other in a while. I think the last time we saw each other, my hair was probably, this hair here was probably down sweeping the floor. Yeah. And my beard hadn't even grown this much yet. So, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before the pandemic. It was before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, and look, but, my hair was definitely a lost word, too. Like, no, uh, you had the Killmonger, I remember. Did I then? I you had did. to go you forward a little to bit. the side. It was going to the side. It was going to the side. Yes. So now it's like, I got, I got some inches going on here. Exactly. Now. You got some hang time. I do right. Exactly. Listen, this show would not be this show without, you know, us saying stuff like this. It just wouldn't. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, my right. camera straight. So, but before we go forward, though, I have to commend you on your efforts because Terry, guys, at one time was actually my agent um, when I was looking for a house in and down in Philly. So um, mm -hmm. I did end up buying elsewhere, but let me tell you, your work was not in vain. So I have to yes. commend you for all the hard Thank work you. that you did because you did work hard. And, Thank you. Y'all know people <laughs> got to work hard with me. So just saying. But I want to know this, though. How'd you get into real estate? Um, so, you know, real estate, well, I've been an agent for about five years here locally to, you know, well, in general, in the Philly market, uh, a little over five. Um, I, my former life was in uh, financial services. Uh, I worked for PNC Bank uh, as my last role. I did business strategy and sales support for, uh, their wealth management asset management group, um, which was, you know, like a decent job or whatever. And, you know, like, honestly, ever since I graduated college, I had a job in financial services working for various different banks. Uh, I didn't love it. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, I'm only living for nights, five o'clock and after or like the weekends and the two little weeks of vacation that I get per year. Right. And I was just like, you know what? Like, there has to be more to life. Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, so I always had like a, a, an inclination with real estate. Uh, you know, growing up after my parents got divorced, like I moved around a lot with my mom. Uh, so, you know, I was always fascinated by, you know, like the different houses and uh, stuff that we got to see. And we, you know, like lived in, moved, moved to, um, and I originally wanted to be an architect, right? You know, from, yeah, I originally wanted to be an architect. Uh, everyone convinced me not to do it. Like, you know, back then in high school, they were just like, nah, you know, it's a dying field. Uh, you, you're so smart. You need to do math and science. Like, you know, engineering at the time was like, you know, the money, you know, and I was just like, okay, fine. So I did that, uh, in college. Uh, I went to University of Delaware first, like, semester. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, 
not it, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I studied business. So I, my degree is in uh, economics and finance. Um, I went in, you know, like the uh, financial services route, didn't love it. Uh, and then I was just like, you know what, like my now husband was my, were we engaged then? I think, I think we were engaged then. Um, Wait a minute, Terry, you don't remember? Uh, you know what, like, look, we've been together for 10 years now, like, right? So, yeah, yeah, we've been together for okay. 10 years. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, actually, you know what, we were engaged. We had just got engaged. Uh, and we were just like, okay, you know what, like we want to buy a house because our, our landlord was actually putting our rental up for sale, right? So yeah, he informed us that he was going to be putting his house up for sale uh, once, you know, our lease was was over. So we were just like, all right, what do we do? And we were, you know, shopping for places all over, you know, as a rental. And then we, our friends moved into Point Breeze, right? Which was like, you know, one of the up-and-coming neighborhood at the time back in 2016, 2015. Um, so we went and toured. And, you know, like, it was one of those things where going into oh, different open houses and stuff like that, I was just like, man, like, I don't see nobody Black over here, like, as an agent, right? So I didn't see any Black agents. Uh, and then also at the same time, you know, like, being in the LGBTQ community, I was just like, I'm not really seeing anybody who looks like me, who can understand the dynamics of, you know, me and my fiance at the times, you know, like just uh, life, right? Like, and just kind of have that comfortability to just kind of like speak about them and just like in a way in which like they're not going to be deemed your friend, right? You know what I'm saying? So uh, I was just like, you know what? When I was going through this, like, what do I want to be phase? I was like, you know, like, I feel like I really loved that experience, right? Just in general, looking for houses, always love houses. Uh, and it was just like, there wasn't anybody who looked like me in that space. Uh, and I was just like, that's, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. Um, so I did, you know, like my interviews with people uh, and did my homework on the industry in general in Philly. Um, and I took the test and, you know, like got licensed and I'm here five years later. Thank you to God. Because <laughs> it's no joke. And, you know, that's what a lot of people say, because um, I, you know, I have friends, you know, that do real estate and, and I know, you know, a, a lot of agents and everybody says, you know, they at, at first they thought it was going to be kind of simple, but it's very difficult. Yes. Because you're dealing with the public, you're dealing with people, and buying a home is something very intimate. It's like, very that's where yeah. you're going to lay your head yes. and rest and, yes. you know, do everything that you do before you go out in the world. Absolutely. So it has to be right. It has to be perfect, whether you're buying or you're renting, you know, or you're going to buy it and flip it or whatever you're going to do. Like, you have to make sure that this yeah. is exactly what you want. Yeah. And from your, you know, from your end, you know, you have to make sure too that you have satisfied clients because if your Correct. clients aren't satisfied, they're going to leave you a bad review. Correct. And for yeah. someone like you, bad reviews can like really ruin your career. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like when you, yeah, for sure. It's like when you go and 
you know, have a great experience at a restaurant. Sometimes it's like, you know, like you don't like make a conscious effort to go and write that review and be like, oh my God, I had a fantastic meal. Uh, Alan was my server, you know, he was so amazing. Da -da 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 -da. I, I would definitely be back. This is one of my favorites. No, you're going to actually go in and write about that time, you know, like you found a hair in your food and the service was, you know, like slow that day. You, you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be like, you know what? Bump that. So, yeah, I mean, definitely reviews are, you know, I always encourage all of my clients, you know, like to, uh, you know, like write me a review, um, especially when they are, you know, like happy and satisfied with how their experience was, right? Uh, and then also at times, like if there are moments of opportunity where, uh, you know, I feel like there was a little bit of a, of a disconnect, I always ask for constructive feedback, right? Because I think that's really important just for me to know, because like people are different, right? I work with personalities. I work with, you know, like different, you know, like, like type A people, type B, you know what I mean? So uh, it's always important for me to, to actually be cognizant of, I'm what would you tell someone who's thinking about getting into your field? Uh, do your homework. Um, you know, like talk to people. Um, research, uh, you know, statistics or market statistics about Philly. Uh, learn and understand like different neighborhoods. Um, and then really come up with a game plan in terms of saving, right? So like meaning like if you're going to like, if you want to do real estate, are you going to continue to work, you know, full-time and then get into a part-time and then eventually, uh, you know, go full-time, right? Or do you, is it something where you make a plan to immediately go full-time because you know what like i just had it with my job i quit i got a little bit in savings or whatever i just want to do something different right uh you need to have a game plan because you know uh it's like lead time in terms of you know like your activities of what you do today like your activities i do today aren't going to pay me today right like those activities are going to pay me anywhere from 30 to 90 days beyond uh, so I need to be, you know, like financially prepared to be able to deal with those things. Um, so like, it, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, every day is a hustle. Uh, and, you know, like, thankfully, I love what I do. I love to hustle and bustle. Um, it's a part of my nature. But there are good days and bad days, right? Like, you know, you might wake up one day um, and, you know, knock out a couple of appointments, get a couple offers. And then your phone doesn't ring for like two weeks, right? And you're just like, what the hell? Like, you know, like nobody wants to buy today. Like, I mean, like, where is everybody at? Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Like, you know, those are the things that you need to think of uh, when you, or for anybody who's looking to make a career jump in real estate. And also time management, because you don't have a boss at this point. You're, you're, in a sense, your own boss. So it's very easy to get distracted, uh, to wake up at 10 o'clock because you have like this, you know, like freedom and flexibility to do whatever you want. 
Uh, you don't have to report to nobody. I ain't got to answer to you. I, I work for myself, right? Like, but you have to have discipline and, you know, like uh, good time management skills. Absolutely. I agree with you on that because even I think with everybody working from home and working remotely, um, mm -hmm. there's no boss saying, okay, take, take your break. It's, you know, it's 12 o'clock, you know, go on break. Right. You have to know when to pull away and when to go and take that break and when to, you know, obviously when to come back, but you have to right. kind yeah. of be your own boss in the sense of, you know, structuring your day. And mm -hmm. we've all seen it with agents because you know agents, you are an agent. And we've seen yeah. agents who show up late or um, totally forget about a meeting or they double book, you know? So it's very important to, if you have, you know, a, a, a simple planner or something, write in that planner and, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, you know, keep yourself, you know, organized and, and keep your day structured. Um, but, but Terry, this is the thing that confuses me. Now, this is my own personal question. Okay. What is the difference between an agent and a broker? Um, so, okay, like a, a broker is an overarching entity that uh, essentially like maintains a collective of agents, right? So the difference is in, in PA, you know, like I had to hang my license with a, a broker, right? So meaning like as soon as I got licensed, I couldn't just create Terry Upshur Realty, right? Like someone essentially has to manage my license. So when I first started, I joined uh, Keller Williams, which a lot of people you know like might be familiar with that name. Um, so like they are the broker, and I am the real estate agent underneath of that broker. I mean, also like you might sometimes hear agents refer to themselves as a real like a real estate broker or whatever. And that's totally fine. Like, you know, like it's kind of like the same thing. But if you are a agent broker, that means you've done so many years of being a licensed agent underneath of an entity. And then you've done additional like coursework in order to sit for another exam and become a broker. Right. So there are so many years that I would actually need to spend as a practicing agent, do additional coursework take an exam, and then I can start Terry Upshur Realty. If I was working towards or had like a broker's license, right, mm -hmm. I could become an associate broker still underneath of a, a larger entity, right? So like okay. that way I can manage like uh, another like smaller satellite business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now... The market has been doing some, we, you know, we spoke about the pandemic earlier. The market has been doing some really, really nervous things, um, you know, since 2020. What's mm -hmm. going on right now with the market as uh -oh. we are now in April of 2023? Yeah. So, you know, interesting time uh, in real estate. Uh, I would say probably within the last, what, like eight, 10 months. Uh, so, you know, like when we were, when, COVID happens, you know, we all really just didn't know what, you know, like was going to you know, be of it, right? Because the world just all of a sudden just shut down. Uh, and then, you know, like a couple months, you know, going forward, 
uh, the real estate market just, you know, suddenly just like took off um, because people had options, right? Like remote work became, you know, like a thing that was available to, to everyone at that point. So people just kind of saw the need to like not really be tied to one place or whatever, you know, like you could actually live in New York City and, you know, like go and work in the map. I mean, um, you could work in New York City uh, for a company, be remote, go move to the mountains or something like that and just kind of like, uh, you know, like live wherever you want. Or if New York was too expensive, right? Like you could actually opt for a smaller, more affordable city like Philly. Uh, so we, we saw, you know, like uptick in real estate activity nationwide, really. Um, and low interest rates kind of helped with that too. Like rates were at historical lows. Uh, during that time, I think like rates fell to right around like 2% was the like lowest that it had actually got, right? Uh, so then, you know, in order to help with uh, rising inflation, once we kind of hit, you know, post pandemic, uh, late 2022, the Fed started raising rates, right? Uh, you know, to uh, help monetary policy. Um, that also in turn impacted real estate, right? Because like the, the the mortgage rates actually started to swiftly increase. Uh, this time, where, where are we at? April right now? Um, I would say like around this time, like last year, we started seeing rates go from three to 3%. Then they went to four and then they went to five and then like all of a sudden they went to eight percent right like you know like closer towards like the top of the year uh this year so the market like didn't know how to respond to that like and you know we saw a period a couple months ago where it was just like it just completely slowed down uh primarily in the city suburbs are smoking hot like the suburbs are still smoking hot uh, and now we're starting to see like a little bit of a, of an ease with interest rates, but it's still a busy market out here. I mean, like, you know, people we're, we're still, uh, from a numerical, a, a data perspective, we're still in a seller's market. Um, so I mean, like there's still competition out there for homes, even with rates being at like 6% where they are now, um, now, there has been talk about rates coming down uh, in May, sometime in May, like even lower below 6%. So that's only going to bring, you know, like a flock of people back to the market pool, right? Uh, one of the issues is, you know, like there's not really a lot of houses to go around for, for, the, for the, uh, the, the buyer pool, the buyer demand. So this is where we have the cases where, you know, home prices start at one point and then you see like the home actually closed out and sold for $25,000 above ask, right? Because we're in such a tight, you know, like uh, market for inventory, it creates this climate. People talk about there being different times to buy, different times to sell. Is springtime the perfect time to buy? No. No. And I'll tell you why. Springtime, everybody to come back out to the market, right? Like it's oh, it's beautiful weather. 
I can get out and um, shop for a house. You know, it's warm, da, 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 and you're one person and you have a hundred people thinking the same exact thing, right? So now you're all like rushing to that one house that just hit the market, right? <laughs> and again, creating a climate where oh, the house is like turnkey, move in ready. Uh, oh my God, it's so beautiful. This is everything that I dreamed of, right? And then you're just like, hey, um, agent, I want to put in an offer on this property. And then your agent calls you back and he's just like, okay, well, there are about like four or five offers on it right now. And you're just like, what? Like, so, I mean, it's the weather makes it nicer to purchase in this spring time, right? But just realize and understand, yes, even if you see a slight increase in inventory, there are probably five times as many people looking at the same house. If it's not, if spring isn't the perfect time to buy, is it the perfect time to sell? <laughs> so, you know, like, that's a good question. I mean, because, like, I would say yes. I mean, like, in, in the grand scheme of things, yes, it is a good time to sell because, like, you have more of a buyer pool to select from because, again, people are considering purchasing in the spring. Um, it doesn't, I, I feel like it does increase your chances of, of getting more than what you want. Now, also at the same time, you have to trust your, if you're a seller, you have to trust your, the experience of your agent, choosing the right agent to guide you in making that decision or make, to guide you in, uh, setting a price that's realistic, right? To where you'll get a great response from the market. Because like, if you... Yeah, if you have like, uh, if you over expect, right, and say like, oh, well, I haven't done any updates to my house in like 10, 10 years, my next door neighbor, you know, beautiful home, you know, he just did a brand new roof, brand new porch, landscaping, he sold his house for $500,000, i am going to put mine up for $500,000 too, and you haven't done anything to that house in like 10 years, that's going to sit, right? It's going to sit. <laughs> Sari, please let these people know because I, I can't tell you how many times I've been to these homes and you know personally and they've got grandma cabinets. Yes. You know exactly what kind of cabinets I'm talking about. Yeah. White refrigerator. Uh, okay. Ooh, white refrigerator. No. Exactly. <laughs> You see, this is why we love Terry. Because Terry just, I mean, he just, he, he catches right on. Right. Exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. I mean, but like white refrigerator, carpet everywhere. Right. Um, yeah. And not new carpet, but old carpet. Like, right. like you can tell like the grandkids, you know, put stains in that. that carpet. Right. Exactly. You know, just like they didn't even try. Right. You know, but there was a time where those houses were flying off because there were no houses in inventory. So people right. were buying those grandma houses. Right. But now you got to step your game up a little bit. Like you can't think that just, you know, okay, yeah, your na the neighbor sold, but look at how the neighbor's house was. The neighbor had new floors, neighbor painted throughout because paint is a very important thing too. Like when people see certain colors, like if you can see my house is very neutral. Yeah. But, um, to the point where I'm blending in with the with the uh, with the wall, no. but 
But I mean, that's a big deal. You know, neutral is a big deal. People want neutrals because they want to be able to imagine using right. something beautiful like what you have um, mm -hmm. in your background, which is actually the color I used in, in uh, one of my rooms, um, that green. But anyway, you yeah. know, that's important. Um, how you stage the home is important. Correct. Um, are your, you know, did you paint, you know, or do you have new fixtures, things like that? Like people yeah. look at all of those things and right. they will pay, you know, top dollar for something that looks good. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter the neighborhood, you know, like neighborhood could be great neighborhood, but if the house is old, you're not going to get as much. No, you're not going to get as much uh, unless you priced it low enough or, you know, like well enough that it makes sense for the neighborhood, right? So meaning like the money that somebody puts back into it is going to bring it back up to, you know, market value as to someone whose home is, has, has been fully finished, redone, or has like, you know, consistently kept up with it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I see it all of the time where, you know, like agents uh, have priced homes above where they need to be. And, uh, it's very telling, like, pretty much immediately now the climate that we're in, because, again, like, there aren't many homes on the market, right? So if you overprice something, it's going it, to it's gonna sit on the market for, I would say, like, now, now homes probably are under contract, the good ones, are probably under contract, like, within seven days, right? Before, you know, like, I would say 2020 to early 2022, a home would be on the market for like three days before it was under contract. And now we're probably taking right around like seven if it's a really great house. Um, and, you know, like the, the homes that are overpriced, you start seeing them sit on the market for 14, 30, 60 days, right? Uh, so where the seller is now chasing the market because they didn't effectively price it correctly. What would you recommend buyers come to the table with? Um, good credit scores. Uh, you know, well, one, like that that's gonna be pretty clutch, right? Like, I wanna say typically you wanna have like a 680 right now as a credit score. Uh it can be possible to, you know, like have a lower credit score and, and purchase a home, uh, but there are just gonna be a lot of their, you know, like requirements uh, that are going to be necessary by the lender in order to get pre-qualified. Uh, so I would say like a 680 or above. Um, and, you know, like some type of savings. Like it doesn't have to be uh, enough to make a big 20% down payment on a house. Like those days are like, for the most part, long and gone, right? Like, it's highly unusual now that you would see a buyer, especially a first-time home buyer, uh, come in and want to put 20% down, right? Like, typically, home buyers right now are putting anywhere from between, like, 3% of the purchase price to maybe 10 like, if you have some help, right? Um, so I would say, like, a decent amount of savings. I Now, here's the thing. Like, without any, like, down payment assistance types of programs, uh, I've been able to probably get people in homes for like anywhere as low as like six grand uh, to anywhere needing up to like 10% of the purchase price. So like as a baseline rule of thumb, uh, how I counsel my clients, I say, hey, listen, like expect your 
mortgage down payment and your closing costs, especially in Philly County, to be roughly 10% of the list price of the home. So what does that mean? So like if you are looking at buying a $250,000 home, right? 10% of that is gonna be roughly $25,000 that you're gonna need in total acquisition costs. And yeah, and that can come up and you can get that by a collection of things, right? Like if you have like a 401k that you could potentially leverage uh, because like that's money that's, you know, like you're not going to be penalized on because you pay yourself back and you can take that out over like 20 years to pay like, you know, 20 bucks a month if you need a 25k, right? And Terry, I'll just say this really quick. That's something that you should tap into your 401k for is um, to buy a home. Yes. Don't tap into your 401k <laughs> to go on a trip. No. Or to buy a car. Here's the other thing. You're talking about down payment. Mm -hmm. People also have to understand that they have to come up with closing costs. Correct. So tell them about that because that's a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, again, like your, your down payment is going to be, you know, your mortgage down payment is going to be like the the 3%, 10% that we were just referencing, right? right. Um, your closing costs are, are, are essentially your um, transfer taxes. Uh, you know, like the, the uh, title insurance that you, you know, like need to, to, to spend for the title search and everything like that. Um, your mortgage origination fees are wrapped up into your closing costs, but aside from your, you know, like down payment requirement, like those are additional things that you need to kind of keep in mind and be ready to uh, have the, the money available for. Uh, when you set up your homeowner's insurance, right, you have to pay the policy in advance for, for a year, right? And then start contributing to your escrow. So like those are some of the things that you need to keep in mind to consider too as part of those closing calls. Uh, and I will say like, Again, I, I use Philly County a lot because Philly County has one of the highest transfer taxes in the state, right? At 2.14% of the purchase price. So that $250,000 home, right? Like you're paying the transfer tax on the buyer side. Each side pays the transfer tax. You're paying at least five grand in order, you know, like as part of that closing cost, not the mortgage down payment, the actual closing cost. So those are some of the things that you know, like you need to keep in mind. Now, counties, you only typically do one percent, but taxes are going to be a little bit higher. Kelly, what do you tell the person who may not have the credit, the DP, the closing clause? And by the way, DP is down payment. I want you all listen. It's early in the day. Get your minds out the gutter. <laughs> but what do you tell someone who doesn't have all that? Um. Well, there are ways to get it. Uh. <laughs> I mean, we'll save, right? Uh, save. Um, in terms of credit-wise, you can work with a credit repair person uh, to help you out. Um, you know, start applying some of the income tax refunds that you get, you know, like towards purchasing a home. Um, and just think of it also in this way. If you're putting down, if you're moving to a, a new apartment, right, or new house that you need to rent. Uh, a typical, you know, upfront cost to rent 
a home first, last, and security. So if that, you know, like is $2,000 a month, right? You're looking at like six grand that you need to have upfront in order to rent it, in order to rent. Uh, I put- Terry, say it again, please. Say it again, because yeah, I, I need you to emphasize this. Rewind. So if yes. you are spending uh, $2,000 a month in rent, and you're ready to move to, to that new apartment. You need to have $6,000 pretty much typically, right? Uh, in order to be able to get into that next place. $6,000. And, and, you know, Chris, like I've put people in homes for out of pocket less than that. Especially with like a down payment assistance program um, that, you know, like, over the past couple of years has like done tremendous things across the, the city. Uh, I have a case in point. I had a friend who purchased a home. Uh, he actually, he, he leveraged a down payment assistance credit. He, he leveraged a, uh, a seller assist from the, the seller. Um, he was able to get in the house and he got like a thousand dollars back. thousand dollars back so he has effectively spent no money in order to get out of his lease and you know like now invest in something that i think he purchased the house probably i think it's been like two years now two years uh i think he purchased it maybe for like 185 right 189 something like that that house is probably at least worth now like 215 easy 220 so the money that, you know, instead of uh, spending 15000 20000 for the year in rent, now he has equity in that just off the rip, just from investing in a home. And then the money that he's paying towards his mortgage is only increasing that equity because he's now paying down a mortgage instead of it going into the pockets of somebody else. There you go. And if you live in certain jurisdictions, like, for instance, um, a lot of people who listen and watch live in New York City. New York City has uh, broker fees. Yes. And oftentimes that broker fee ends up being a full month of rent. So right there, if you were paying two grand, that's eight grand. That's eight grand. Right. And, you know, let's say, you know, they want another type of security or something like that, because especially with um, with students in certain areas. They want two months of security. Mm. Then you're at ten grand. You're at ten. It, it, you know, and that's all money that you have to come up with upfront. upfront. Why not come up with that money to buy a home, right. something that you can stay in, you can paint it, you can decorate it, you can do whatever you want to it on the inside, um, you know, or it, even on the outside, depending on you know where you live, but. This leads me to what my next question is, um, Terry. Why is home ownership so important? Um, you know, honestly, it's, it's just one of those things, like I always say, and I'm, I'm really a strong advocate that real estate is such a powerful asset. Right? Like it's such a powerful asset that um, there are several ways of entry, right? Like you have several ways to, to actually get involved and get into real estate. 
uh, to own. Um, and it, it's one of those things, people always need somewhere to live. Right? So people always need somewhere to live. And I mean, just look at it, right? Like, I'm sure, you know, we might have parents who purchased a home years ago, right? Like for, say for example, like uh, if your parents purchased a home back in their day, their first home for like 50 grand. And they've been in that home for, you know, like 10 years, 20 years, right? Like their investment now at this point is probably, you know, like, you know, 50 times that. One of the things that I hear the most from people um, not even said it myself, like, God, probably <laughs> 10 plus years ago, you know, it was just like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be, or how much longer I'm going to be here in Philly. Or, you know, I don't know how much, how much longer I'm going to be living here. Right. So like a lot of people like use that as an excuse because they're afraid, right. It, they, they're afraid as an excuse to not seize the opportunity to buy. Um, again, me personally, I did the same thing. I mean, like, I'm kicking myself down because, like, you know, I had an opportunity back then to buy a place in Fishtown, like, probably, like, 12 years ago, right? And I was just like, eh. I mean, I work in Delaware. I really just don't know. I mean, it's I don't know where I want to be. And now I'm just like looking at homes in Fishtown. I'm just like, shit. Like so that. You that bought that damn house. I should have bought that house. damn house. You yes. know what I mean? Like, and you were working in Delaware. I mean, Fishtown, 95 is right there. It's so. right there. It's right there. Right. And I mean, and again, like it's one of those things like you can always rent it. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you move, you, you can always rent it. You can always get, you can rent it and get somebody else to manage it. Um, you can always, well, what used to be a thing was Airbnb, right? Like Airbnb used to be a big thing. I mean, it's kind of like been put the kibosh on, you know, by the city, but, uh, you could also sell it, right? So like, that's the thing. Like, I remember when we purchased our first home for 200, I think $250,000, uh, we got a seller's assist. I think we came out of pocket maybe like seven grand in order to to buy it. We ended up selling it for like I would say two and a half years later for three hundred thousand. Right, three hundred thousand two years. I would have lost 50, 40, 40 grand out, like out of my pocket in two years if we continued to rent. But we rolled into a situation where we paid down the mortgage and made, you know, like an additional 50 grand. You know what I mean? So like just just being there for two and a half years. So, you know, like it's it's yes, you need to like seize the opportunity. Uh even if you think you're not completely ready, go get the information. Information is free. Right? I mean listen, Terry, like I tell these folks all the time, they can Google silly shit you know but google something that's really going to help you yes you know what i'm saying like this this process what you need to do and there are still plenty of programs wherever you live um that can help you you know if you're if you're a first-time home buyer you're interested in 
you know, first-time home buyer assistance. There are even some lenders who have yes. programs too. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. that's definitely um, at the end of the show. We'll we'll put some um, information up for people who can, you know, maybe they're not in your area, but they're somewhere else watching and listening, and they want to know where they can go, you know, in yes. order to get the assistance. And and you know, there are national programs as well. Um, yep. So, okay. We, we talked about springtime really not being the best time to buy. When is the best time to buy, though? Like, just, just period. When do you think um, the best time is? Honestly, you know, I like to... It's so funny. I mean, I love springtime. Like, don't get me wrong. I do love the springtime. I, I love uh, touring in springtime. I just think that the, the reality is, like, there are a lot of people in the you know, marketplace, like the, the activity has increased as well too. Um, I, my recommendation for people, holidays. Stop working holidays. Like, or go out on the rainy days and look at houses, right? Because like a lot of people, you know, kind of skip those, uh, like those moments, right? Because like, they're going to go and do something else or like, Oh my God, it's right. I don't want to get my hair wet. Like, right? Like, those are the perfect times to like sneak into a house, you know, with your agent. But it also, you know what? Like, uh, rainy days are a great ways to actually find out if there are any leaks in a house. Right? So, you know, like, go out on the rainy days, the snowy days. Um, you know, like take those moments and opportunities to go and and house hunt. Um, because again, like you you might you might get in, figure out that you love the house, and then be able to submit an offer, you know, after your visit, and you know, like have the opportunity to get under contract for something because you jumped at the opportunity, right? So, um, I would say like like then, uh, and like I said, around like holiday time. Because, uh, you know, it usually, it, it typically slows up. Um, are you going to have the most inventory? Maybe not, right? But you're not going to have as much competition. You know what I mean? Um, and my thing is, because, you know, what I hear also, you know, like from a lot of people is, you know what? Well, it's not my, it's not my dream home. And, you know, like my, my answer to that is, well, are you building it? Right? Like, I, I mean, think about it, right? Like your dream home, something that you that has everything you want. You're more than likely going to want to build it because you're able to control, for the most part, like every component that goes into that home, right? When somebody's either lived there before you or, you know, like it's been built like hundreds of years before you, like it's going to be imperfect, right? So how I counsel my clients, I'm just like, the home has to check at least seven or eight out of the 10 boxes for you. So if you can say that you're at a 70%, shoot for it, right? Because the other 30, you can make, you can make it better, right? Like you can make it, you can change it. You can change fixtures. When you get that extra, you know, like refund in a year, you can, you know, like go and get those new countertops or, you know, go get new cabinets. You know what I mean? So like, and then again, like those are things that are just going to continue to add to your value. So um, to go back to your original question, like timeline wise, like I think that 
uh, in general, like there's not really a great time at all to, uh, well, wait, let me take a couple steps back. People ask me when's the right time to, I guess, buy like anytime. Anytime. Because again, if you need it, buy it. Buy it. That's it. So this is my next question. When's yeah. the best time to sell? Um, you know, it can be selling in the springtime is always great. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but then also at the same time, like I have had people where we've needed to list in November and the home has sold. Like instantly. Right? Like I've had people list in December and the home has sold. <laughs> you know. I would say more people come back to the marketplace. Like, so during the holiday months, when everything like slows down, especially in like, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas time around then, people tend to come back to the market to purchase right after the Super Bowl. It's like the craziest thing ever. Like, you know, like I, I would say like, you know, in early January, I'm wrapping up some end of year business from the prior year. Things kind of slow down a little bit. Once the Super Bowl is over, or like the week leading into the Super Bowl, I can tell you my phone is already off the hook. Off the hook. It's, why it's, do you think that is, Terry? Why do you why do you think that you is? Know, because like, think about it. Like after the Super Bowl happens, you don't have anything going on for weekends and stuff like that. That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, football is over because football is the winter sport, right? Like right. everybody's in the house and it's just like, you know, well, we're watching the game, duh. Yeah, because um, the next holiday really is is what like Easter, and then if you don't celebrate Easter, you know, there's really nothing going on until Memorial Day. Correct. So I guess they want to be in the house for you know Memorial Day, you know, summertime cookouts, barbecues, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Um, so why not jump on it early? Yeah, and, and honestly, like the spring market for you know, like me this year probably started in uh, spring market started in March, mm -hmm. March. Okay. You know, like early March. So it wasn't even like really like a real spring. Wow. Hmm. That's, uh, you know, I'd really like to deep dive into that one day. We're not going to do it today, obviously, but but one day I yeah. really would like to like really go into just, you know, the sociology of that, because that's just very, very interesting that you say yeah. it's Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to it like next year, like, yeah. like you know, when you, you know, see uh, houses come up on the market and just kind of follow it, right? Like. It's 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 the, the most fascinating thing. Terry, what are some of your do's and don'ts just in general for you know people interested in, in buying, selling, even people who are interested in renting? What yes. are some of your do's and don'ts that you give them? Um, so for the people buying, I would say, you know, really understand your budget, right? Like understand like what's going to be a comfortable payment for you. Um, and, 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 you know, like, don't, uh, and understand your style of living, right? Because some people, you know, like, are 
like I know I like to you know like go out and stuff like that like you know go out to restaurants and, and like you know to travel and, and whatnot and you know I'm gonna tell you like I was again like as an agent I'm always kind of like keeping my eye on the market and I was like looking at a house again I have a great house, right like love it renovated it uh but I'm just like what if I moved right and I was looking at a house and uh I think in the suburbs and I was just like how much would it cost me a month and you know like and it was, I, I realized it was going to be like double my mortgage payment I was like uh you know what I mean for like do I want to do it I mean well could I do it sure do I want to do it no right because like I'm comfortable I'm good um so definitely your budget and then when you're in the process um don't jack yourself up by continuing to purchase on credit cards, buying a new car while you're shopping for a house too, uh, and or deciding that you want to quit your job, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, And that's happened to people where they're just like, you know, like, oh, well, I got to, like, I, I, I quit my job or whatever, like, right now near the end and it's just like uh you're, you're not supposed to do that right like or they go out and buy a new car like i just i'm already under contract and i was oh my god i thought that you know like i was going to be able to just go ahead and get a new car if it's an emergency and you have to get the car sure but talk to your your loan officer about it each and every financial decision that you make while you're in this process talk to your loan officer about it um so like those are some of the biggest things for buyers, uh, sellers. I would say, you know, take it back to take it back to um, the old school saying: kitchens and bathrooms sell. Kitchens and bathrooms sell. And then, damn, like right now, like don't. What I also like to tell people, like you know, like the weird colors or like the the dark colors, colors that are you know like more centered to you and your specific taste uh don't do it or or paint over it when you're ready to sell right uh because people want a blank canvas in order to go in and do their own thing unless it's something where it's like you have one accent wall here one accent wall there like that's not really an issue but if you're you know purple walls like in one room and and you know like you got a lime green and another it's just like no, let's let's make it cohesive, right? Um, so like the that's probably the biggest thing uh, for sellers. And I would also say, listen to your agent because we all have these expectations of like, oh well, you know, like I feel like my house can sell for you know X number, and your agent is saying, no, like really, your house should be priced at this number. And you're just like, well, I want to list it here. We need to try my number. Listen to your agent, right? Um, so those are the biggest, you know, things for buyer sellers, renters. I would say, you know, like watch out for scams. Honestly, a lot of people have been getting scams. Like I just had a client send me a house, and the house actually sold in March. And I guess she found it on Apartments.com, which was weird because like it was a you know, a huge house on apartments.com. It was not listed on Zillow. It was not listed on Trulia or Radfin. Uh, and like, she was just like, can you take me to see this? And I'm like, I don't think this is legit. 
like that's not a real rental right and i found out they they took a couple of pictures from the actual listing like two pictures from the actual listing and then took a, another exterior pic on like a cell phone or something right something where the quality was terrible and you know like had she not like reached out to me about it and she tried to do it on her own she probably could have lost like you know thousands of dollars um so the renters i would say watch out for scams and then also make a plan in order to get yourself out of the rental. I'm glad you said that because that's something that not too many agents say. And just in general, not too many people say that. To get yourself, find a game plan to get yourself out of that situation. Because it's something that you should probably only be doing when you first, I guess, move out, move away. Mm -hmm. And then once you've saved enough money to, you know, get not so much your forever home, but get a home. Absolutely. You should be working toward getting out of renting. Yeah. Absolutely. You should have a game plan. You should have a strategy. And I'm glad that you say that because not too many people think that way. They just, yeah. you know, they're going to, they, they want to rent forever. And in certain areas, you know, that ends up being a lot of people's reality. Like they have no other choice really if they want to stay in that area but to rent but that's when they may have to go look outside look in other areas to where they right. can live. and yeah. you know actually have something of their own and put equity into um their own their own space um right. but you you know the last thing you just just told me you made me think of something there are a lot of red flags now with all of with, with just real estate in general yeah and you know, with these scams and, and even with, with homes, you know, being sold by seller, you know, there are a lot of things that people should really watch out for. Um, yeah. For you, what are some of the red flags that a, a home buyer, first time home buyer, should mm -hmm. be on the lookout for? Um, good question. I mean, like, clearly when you're walking through the home, um, I, it's just a level of, I guess, like, how you're 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 shopping for your specific property. Um I pay a lot of attention to like things in the basement, right? Uh because like you know sound like foundations, like big cracks and foundations, uh beams that are broken. Um you gotta watch out for like old electrical wire and stuff like that. Uh and then just like leaks in the house, right? Like whether it's a leak in the ceiling. Um leak in the wall or something like that, like, or like buckling in the floors and, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So like with buyers, I would say like, those are some of the things to, to look out for. Um, and then in terms of just like, uh, I'm trying to think of like any like scammy kind of things. Like I haven't really had like a lot of scammy things, you know, like where say for instance, somebody is trying to sell a property that isn't theirs technically, you know what I mean? Like has has like not to say that that doesn't happen, but I haven't had a lot of instances of like that. Um, but just making sure that you do title insurance. Oh, that's a good point. So buyers who buy from people who don't have homes on market on the market with an agent, right? Uh, I do get a lot of, I do get calls every now and then it will just be like, hey, I'm trying to um my cousin has, you know, like this person on their block, they want to sell a house or whatnot, and she wants to sell it to me, but she doesn't want to use an agent. 
red flag, right? Like, and, we're, and she doesn't want me to have an agent either. Red flag. So it's kind of like, you know, use a trusted professional. I mean, like, if you needed some dental work done, you're not going to go to, you know, like, <laughs> right? You're not going to go to the neighborhood, you know, like the, the block dentist to, that's, you know, in a, in a row home two doors down from you to get dental work done that doesn't have a sign out front, right? Like advertising their business. You're going to actually go to a legit dentist. Uh, who's able to make sure that you get the proper treatment and, and do what, you know, like needs to be done. Okay. So Terry is very PC with what he's saying to you guys, <laughs> but I'm going to say the non-PC thing. Listen, you wouldn't go get your teeth done by a crackhead, okay? Right, exactly. So why are you going to buy a house off of someone who doesn't have an agent exactly. and doesn't want you to use an agent? I mean, right. that that is like just the field of red flags right there. Yes. That is a central park of red flags. Correct. Come on, you guys, out. I'm telling you, people, it's, it's like, Terry, the older I get, I just start to realize that people are losing sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's yep. like no common sense, like none of that makes sense. Right. Why would you do that? But here's the other thing, Terry, I want to tell people to be very mindful of and, and to actually do scope out the neighborhood before you oh, move yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Scope out the neighborhood. Absolutely. Scope out your neighbors. I mean, research your neighbors because the the, 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 the thing I'll tell everyone is you buy your neighbors. So be very mindful um, of who it is. You know, do background checks on these people. Get their names. Everything is public. Find out exactly who you're living next to on both sides if you share walls. Find out who's in the neighborhood. Find out if there are any child, you know, sexual predators or, or sex offenders in the neighborhood. Find out what has happened in the neighborhood. Find out what has happened in that very house that you're interested in buying. Because all of those things are important and they, they add into your well-being and your, your quiet enjoyment of your home. So it may look like it's a nice place, it's a nice home because you went to see it in the daytime. But right around it, that house at night or when it gets warm, because where we live, you know, we get unseasonably warm days like these days that we've been having. And it's so crazy because tomorrow it's supposed to rain and be cold. But anyway, scope the place out because they may be renters those neighbors. They may not have any connection to the property. They may not even care about it, but they're still your neighbors and you have to deal with them. That's a situation I'm dealing with now that I hope um, gets rectified very soon. What are some of the green flags though, Terry, that people need to, um, that people should be aware of? Um, well, so like definitely to go back to the, the point about driving the neighborhood, like the mm -hmm. neighborhood, right? Like the green flags are, when you go to buy a home and you see that uh, the neighbors take care and take pride in their home. So it doesn't mean that it has to be brand, brand spanking new, right? But just like they go out and, and they're picking up trash and, you know, like, you know, or they're planting flowers, right? Um, and I will tell you, like, there are times where I will pull up to a block and, you know, auntie next door, she gonna be, she gonna come up and she gonna be like, uh, well, you, they, she's gonna have the tea, you know, for you, and tell you like, you know, this person lived here and they just moved here, and 
uh, you know, these four houses have been here for 30 years or what like, like, I love those blocks, right? Because it's just like, you know, like, they're always going to be looking out, like, maybe, maybe driving a little insane because they're a little nosy, but, you know, like, you know, like, they're well-intentioned, they love where they live, they take pride in their neighborhoods and, and, and where they are, so... Like those are some definitely some of the uh, the green flags, and then I would say, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I know it's a it's a touchy subject and and, and stuff like that, but uh, I guess like paying close attention to neighborhoods that are in transition slash payments for gentrifying, right? Like, uh, those are the opportunities for you to get the most equity, right? In the, it, it's such a weird battle. Um, and again, a topic for another day because, like, a lot of us in the black community now are, you know, like uh, middle income, you know, or higher earners. Uh, so we we're kind of part of this equation too, to some degree. But uh, you know, like, we're going back in and investing in neighborhoods where, you know, like, uh, residents were there for like 30, 40 years, and now we're the new faces, and we're buying these, you know, like 300, 400, $500,000 homes. So, um, but again, like there's, there's, there, it comes good and bad with that. But uh, I would say like investing in neighborhoods that are on the up and up. Like years ago, if you had told people, when I told people I moved to Point Breeze, they were just like, oh, that's where you live? Like, and now Who are these people? I want their names. I'm going to come after them. You know, right. Like, they're just like, oh, that's where you live. And now it's like, you know what? Like, I mean, like, people are selling like $800,000 homes in Point Breeze. Right? So it's just kind of like, keep an eye. Like, those are some of the green flags, too. Mm -hmm. Terry, tell us about some of the assistance programs that are available for people. Um, So, Philly. Keep, it, keep your ears out for the Philly 10K Down Payment Assistance Program. Um, they opened it up a couple of times. I think over the past three years, they maybe have done it like two or three times. But it's a great opportunity for uh, first-time home buyers, you know, to go in, do a two one-hour counseling sessions with the housing council and get a certificate that gives them essentially $10,000 towards the purchase of the home. Um, there are some, you know, like guidelines around that where you have to stay in the home for, you know, like, or it's attached to your home for a certain, you know, period of time. Uh, and if you sell your home before, then you have to pay it back. But it's money out the gate, right? And if you know that you were, you know, going to be renting anyway, um, it's a great opportunity to get into your next house with little to, to no money. Um, so like Philly 10K down payment assistance programs. And then there are uh, other uh, backed loans that, you know, PHFA um, is out there too, which is like a down payment assistance program too. Uh, they partnered with several lenders to offer that. Um, and then right now there are down payment assistance credits. Uh, if you're a veteran, a VA loan. A VA loan is a great way to get into a home with actually no money. Like you don't need any money down for a VA loan. So like that's a great option too. Um, and then what else? 
Um, other programs for, you know, like different professionals, uh, some teaching, like teachers grants are still out there. If you belong to a credit union, you know, sometimes you can get like a really good uh, opportunity or deal, you know, like a loan situation through a credit union. Um, physicians, you know, you're in, uh, you know, uh, a, gra a graduate program. Uh, those are options, you know, available for those folks too. So there's, there are ways to, you know, like achieve the, the dream. Absolutely. And, you know, Telly, we're talking about buyers, but, you know, I've seen on social media and I need to really stay off social media. I really do because some of the things I see, I, I, I don't need to see, but I've seen people shame renters on from time to time on social media. Um, give renters out there some, some reassurance. Um, you know what? I try to stay away from shaming renters. One, because you never know anyone's situation. And also renting sometimes it might be a great way for you to get into a neighborhood and learn it. Learn kind of like where you want to be, like in the city, right? Like, it's so, it's so funny to me how I meet people and they're just like, um, oh, well, you know, like I'm pre-qualified now and I want to buy... In, in West Philly. I'm like, oh, well, how much time do you spend over there? And just like, none, but you know, like that's, you know, like I have a couple friends who just moved over there or whatever, and they told me it's free. And I'm just like, okay, well, I mean like, okay, let's go look and shop or whatever. But I mean like renting sometimes is a good way to be introduced uh, to a neighborhood. Um, and then, yeah, like some people just, you know, like they just feel comfortable with just doing that and that's okay like it, it doesn't mean you're you know like not good like uh, not a good person if you're a renter um you know you just have different goals so i mean just the re-examination of like what your goals are in life that's it i mean you know and, and people just overall need to stop shaming people anyway like it, it's weird again terry we live in this weird world the things people should be shamed for they don't get shamed for Right. And the things that they shouldn't be shamed for, they're being shamed for. It's yeah. like we're in opposites land. What's wild, one, but, uh, Terry, what's one of the wildest things you've seen since you've been doing real estate? Oh, man. One of the wildest things that I've seen. Um, oh, my goodness. Have I seen anything crazy lately? I don't, I can't remember, you know, it's one of those things, like, I, I see so many things that I'm just mm -hmm. like, now I feel like nothing that is out of the usual, but I work with uh, a, a gamut of clients. I work with investors. Uh, so, you know, like, just going through some of the distressed or abandoned homes, like, you know, that are um, dilapidated to the point where, you know, like, you could potentially fall through floors or, you know, like, anything like that, or it's just like, you know, you never are going to know what you find in a dark basement because the electricity is off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, those are kind of, you know, some of the the weird things. Uh, I was in a house in the suburbs recently, and, like, there was this, like, tiny doorway in uh, in the basement. And it was, like, in the foundation. It was, like, a hole, like, in the wall. 
And I looked look through it and there was like another like uh you know like area through there like on on the other side of the wall and I'm just like this doesn't even seem like it was like part of the original like foundation of the house. So I actually got on my butt and like crawled like into the room because I was like I was just curious. Uh and I, it looked like something out of a horror movie. And I was just like, you know, like let me get out of here real quick. But um But yeah, like things like that. Um, I haven't had a ton of like squatter instances, but you can run into squatters. You can run into animals being in houses. Uh, one time I did, I, I had a tour where I was taking some buyers through uh, to a house in South Philly. And, you know, I go to open up the lockbox and I the trash can was right there. And I looked and I was just like, oh my God, almost instantly vomited. A squirrel drowned in the trash can and yeah drowned in the trash can and it was just god awful smell and the, and the lockbox was hanging like right over it and it was like you know I had to tell my client to do it because like he's like oh you're like you're gonna bomb it like let me just go ahead and try it and do it or whatever and he had to open the lockbox for me it's, it's, it's interesting there's never a dull day in real estate never a dull day wow Would, yeah. First of all, like who would have ever thought about a squirrel drowning? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And Terry, listen, you can't be going through trap doors. Like we can't. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, listen. Like I said, I work with a wide range of clients, and I mean, like when I get an investor, it's always kind of crazy to like you know go through some of the properties that they you know like, want to go and see. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, man. Uh, Terry, what's one of the most important lessons you've learned since you've been doing real estate? Um, well, personally, I would say real estate, again, is one of the most powerful assets that you could ever own, right? That's, that's from a personal standpoint. Um. And, you know, like, I, you know, I, I would say just, like, learning to uh, listen to people, right, and just understanding what they want, uh, you know, understand that each person is different and unique, um, and, and, you know, just, like, you know, uh, making them feel okay, right, like, making them feel okay, it's such a big one of the biggest purchases in your life that you'll ever do. So you want to make sure that you feel comfortable doing it. And, you know, like working with someone who's not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. I mean, like pressure you to buy a house that you're so unsure about, uh, you're not comfortable with. Um, like that, like I, 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 I do not like operate like that. So. And and listen, guys, um, he's he's serious about that too. Because at at one time, again, um, I was working with Terry. Terry was my agent. I would have still probably been working with Terry had I not bought in another state. But um, it's very important to find an agent that you can relate to. Yes. Like you know, just, just very very important to find an agent that you can connect with who understands your needs. Because yes. how many times have we? Even and this is I know this is TV, but we've watched I've watched House Hunters and I've said to myself, 
this yeah. agent didn't listen to a word these people said. Like, right. and, and yeah. they still show it on TV. And I'm like, they could have gone back and me being a TV person, I'm like, they could have just edited that or like redone the episode or yeah. something. But no, they really show these agents not listening to the client. Right. And you have to have an agent who's going to listen to you, whether you're buying, you're selling, you're renting, or you're just curious, you're just, you know, looking at things. Um, you have mm -hmm. to have an agent who you can relate to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, be able to trust that person. So, yes. yeah, it, it has to be a trusting relationship all the way around. Right. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. Who's Terry outside of real estate? Uh, what are some of the things that I love to do? I love to travel. Obviously, we were talking about a tra my travels earlier. Yeah, um, guys. Terry just got back from uh, Switzerland, right? Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With the friends as well. Um, so I love to travel. Uh, I love to, you know, like dine out, like, you know, across the city, go to various restaurants. Um I love to work out. Uh, I live pretty close to the Wissahickon Park, so I get to, you know, like go hike that. Um, shout out I, to Germantown. Shout out to Germantown, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I live pretty close by to the to the park now. And uh, what else? Um, I have a road bike. I'm in the cars. Uh, you know, I. I love wine. I love to go to wineries. So yeah. Awesome. Um, and who doesn't love all those things? Who doesn't love wine? I mean, you know? <laughs> I have wine in my cup now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. No. Look, it would have been totally okay. It's Friday. Well, it's not wine. It's Hennessy. So, uh, yeah. well, hey, I'm down with it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's nothing, nothing like hard liquor in the morning. I'm a bourbon guy. So okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to throw a little bit of that in there, too. Exactly. Um, Terry, yeah, Terry real, real quick, though, before we wrap up, and I ask all my guests this. Um, yes. If you had a time machine, what would you go back and tell yourself in the past? Oh. Um, so you watched the show, so you knew that was coming. You know, you knew that was coming. I did, but, you know, like, that's always a good question. Um, That I didn't... What I would go back and tell myself, is um you will figure it out because like you know like it was one of those things where you know like i feel like we we have a tendency to create uh a vision for our lives like by certain ages right and it was one of those things where it was like i was 25 and i wanted to you know like have my bmw you know what I mean? And just like make a six figure salary when I was 25 years old and da da da. And I, I didn't have that at 25, right? And then it was just like, you know, by the time I was 30, I wanted to accomplish this. And it was just like, and as I continued to get older, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what do I, like, what do I even want to do? Right. And I was like, you know, I feel like my 30s were my turning point, or still are, I'm still there at the engineering. But, you know, like the 30s were my, my turning point. And, uh, you know, if, if I was had told my, my, my 20 year old self, like, hey, like you will figure it out. Like it doesn't have to be something you define right now, um, but you'll figure it out. And also, and also buy the house.
buy it. Buy the house. I don't care if you're not going to be in Philly for, you know, like for forever. Buy the house. Nice. So. Yeah. I mean, tell me, I mean, I, I thought you were, you know, when you're talking about 25, 30, I'm like, wow, I thought you were Gen Z. Uh, like, uh, what do you mean? You know, 25, right? 30. I thought you were 25, 30 now. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I just, oh, these are just, you know, like, Little lines that I just not drawing. Yeah. Little silver Listen, line. Mine, I'm so frustrated with mine because it won't come in in here. Okay. It's like over here. It's oh, the really? weirdest thing. Like mm -hmm. I have the weird gray. So like it, it's like back, like on the side and stuff. It's the weirdest thing. I'm like, what? what, what who does that? <laughs> it's but um, it's 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 I don't know. But uh, let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. Sure. You uh, feel free to reach out to me um, at Terry with the Y R E as in real estate Philly. Uh, Instagram handle Terry R E Philly. All right, guys. So that's T is in Taconi, E is in East Oak Lane, R is in Roxborough, yes. R is in Rittenhouse Square. Okay. Y is in, why are you not writing this down? <laughs> R is in real, E is in estate Philly. Yeah. Instagram. And when you hit Terry up, all I'm asking you guys, and I say this to everybody, just be respectful. You jump in Terry's DMs, please be respectful. And, and don't jump in his DMs with no mess because Terry is, mar is a married man, all right? I don't want to have to come and blast y'all, <laughs> okay? <laughs> that is funny. But I learned a lot though, Terry. Like, I'm glad that, you know, I did this. I'm, I hope all of you learned too. And this is yeah. why I do this show, you know, hit Terry up. And I mean, how could you not trust Terry's face? Look at that face. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You do PA in New Jersey, right? So Pennsylvania. I do. Yeah. So I got licensed in New Jersey over the uh, the pandemic because okay. I just had people, you know, starting their journey in Philly and similar to you guys, you know, like uh, just saying like, you know what? I don't know if Philly is or PA is it. And then, you know, like wanting to go into New Jersey. Um, so now I'm licensed in New Jersey and I do sell over in New Jersey as well. Awesome. Are you thinking of doing like any other states and think of licensing? Um, I'm, I'm contemplating Delaware um, only because I'm from Delaware. Uh, I still have connections, you know, like there, um, you know, throughout the state. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Well, listen, even if you're, you're thinking of buying outside of Pennsylvania or New Jersey, yeah. realtors have national referral services. They can put you Correct. in touch with someone, yeah. whether you're looking to buy or rent or you own and you're looking to sell or explore yeah. other options such as, you know, becoming a landlord or even refinancing. Yes. Um, a realtor can and will put you in the right direction. And I'll put up some information um, at the end of the show. I'll put it in, in the description and everything, um, you know, for everybody to to. Uh, you know, uh, go to, but mm -hmm. Terry, come through anytime. This was so so much fun. I had it's so good to see you again. And yeah, likewise. I really I mean, it. I had a good time, and yeah, and you guys, I want y'all to come through again too. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your baby daddy, tell your boyfriend, tell your sister, yeah. tell your cat, tell your dog, tell your realtor, and tell everybody, everybody who's looking for a new home, who's looking to buy, looking to sell. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chris David TV and follow our show at The Chris David Show on Instagram and YouTube. You can also visit ChrisDavidShow.com. There you'll find everything you need to know about the show. And remember, if you need it, buy it. Buy it.